Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I hope that you are healthy and safe and still cooking up a storm. And I'm grateful that you've tuned in because you can gain culinary intelligence right here and right now. A very happy Mother's Day weekend to all the extraordinary moms and grandmas out there as well. Albeit, many of us are not going out to brunch or dinner this year for sure to celebrate Mother's Day, but it is a wonderful opportunity to celebrate all the love from the moms in our lives. You could always drop off dinner or cook together via FaceTime or Zoom, or if you have the blessing of celebrating in person like I do with my mom and my son, well, I will say it is going to be a celebration. Uh, A shout out to my extraordinary mom, who is an absolutely superb grandma to my new son. What an extraordinary year to live through, (laughs) to eat through, um, and to honor you, mom. I love you. So, If you're passionate about the process, if you love discovering that perfect recipe, if you're all about the ingredients to make every day more delicious, well, then this is your show. I can feed your insatiable appetite if you just tune in. And the delicious conversation starts right here and right now. So I welcome you to my kitchen. Every week, we'll heat up your radio with grand guests and chef's tips to make your dishes come alive with flavor because I'm all about living the best life. And so whether it's food or restaurants, cookbook authors or artisans, wine, cocktails, tech, trends, travel, that will happen again, and more. You will hear it here. My goal is to satiate your appetite. So get comfortable. Pour a glass of lemonade if you're on the West Coast where it is certainly warm and cozy up to your radio or your iPhone or your favorite listening device and get ready because this is my homage show to summer 2020. We're starting to plan for a warm and wonderful summer, right? And by the way, there are recipes galore at chefjamie.com, and you'll find my daily dish on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chefjamiegwen. With sheltering at home, now is the time to master some serious grilling skills, right? I mean, you can socially distance in your backyard and fire up the grill and actually spend time with those you love while eating wonderfully smoky, succulent dishes made by you, a master griller on your barbecue. Now, As you know, we always have great culinary thinkers on this show, and I like to kick off the show with a tutorial of sorts, and that's coming up. Today is extra special, though. I had the privilege to sit down and dish with a legend in the barbecue world. He's been inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, quite an honor. He is many things, an author, a restaurateur, a pit master, a chef, a world record-breaking champion griller and the foremost authority on new barbecue. He is Tuffy Stone, and he is changing the way we think about grilling, incorporating his pitmaster techniques with classical French culinary training. 
and he is smoking. I've got to tell you, he has glorious grilling ideas that you are going to want to hear. So I am dedicating the entire hour to barbecue and smoking and grilling and chilling. It's a three-part interview coming up with the legendary pitmaster Tuffy Stone, and it will excite your palate all throughout the hour. I am really excited to share his genius with you. But first... I have a few grilling tips up my sleeve. I am a girl at the grill. I love to barbecue. I hope you saw my shrimp scampi pizza off the grill posted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the recipe link at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I do love summertime. I think we're all looking forward to summer right about now. Uh, Simply put, I will say, I think grilling is the greatest summer enjoyment. Where I live in Southern California, we certainly have a tepid climate all year, so it's year-round enjoyment. But if you throw in the thrill of, you know, Uh, being off during the summertime or the kids off from school, everything sort of being, uh, I don't know, tossed around right now, I should say. There's something beautiful about dining outside and cooking outside and al fresco. I think it's magical. And we have long evenings to savor just ahead. So this summer and every summer, I want to remind you, that mayonnaise is your friend. If you are a self-professed grill master or a weekend warrior and you like to show off your live fire cooking skills, well, you heard me right. It's all about the mayonnaise. Now, I've not gone off the deep end when I discuss grilling and mayonnaise in the same sentence, although I love mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise and tuna salad and deviled eggs and on a sandwich, and I like to uh, coat corn on the cob and then crust it with Parmesan cheese, Uh, but mayonnaise is your best friend when you're grilling this summer. And you've heard me say it before. In fact, uh, just this past week, I was talking about the beauty of mayonnaise in a grilled cheese sandwich, right? But by the end of this hour, you are going to have so many grand ideas to become a master griller because all around the world, people cook over open fire. It's how cooking began. It has stood the test of time. And to me, grilling means great flavor. And so there are a few factors when it comes to really delicious grilled goodness. I think everything tastes delicious off the grill, by the way. I make a grilled Caesar. Uh, You take iceberg or romaine or whatever you have. You can even grill cabbage for grilled coleslaw. It just adds that smoky, wonderful flavor. It warms the greens just a bit. The flavor comes out. Uh, I think it's scrumptious. Grilled desserts, I love those too. I grill pound cake. Um, I'll flambe fruit in a saute pan on my gas grill. You could do it over hot coals. The pound cake caramelizes and the natural sugar and the fruit comes out. It's delectable. But for chicken and fish, preferably shrimp, definitely uh, a filet of just about anything, salmon, halibut, you name it. I have always used mayonnaise as my secret ingredient. Now, there is this acclaimed wonderful chef whom I'm proud to know. His name is Michael Simarusti. He's a James Beard award-winning seafood god, and he has very highly, highly lauded restaurants in LA. And he cooks his fish with mayo, which is where I first learned it, and I've run with the technique from there. He used it to keep the fish from sticking to the grill, which, by the way, it works. Just a thin layer. 
But when I started testing it, I found that mayonnaise locked in the moisture, the natural moisture in the protein, and it added some seasoning. So when I mentioned that ultimate grilled cheese sandwich that I dished about last week, instead of butter, when you make a grilled cheese sandwich, you are now spreading a thin layer of mayo right before you toast that sandwich in the pan because you get golden brown, beautiful crust. But mayonnaise also raises the smoking point of that sandwich so it doesn't burn. And the same thing, that same rule, that same application applies on the grill. So there's something magical about grilling with mayo. You get beautiful golden color. The food releases from the grill grates. And it's all about the composition of the mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is an emulsion, right? So you have small droplets of oil surrounded by egg yolk, and that has some really cool properties. The emulsion allows the oil in the mayonnaise to stick to the food, unlike plain oil. Oil and water don't mix, which is why it's so hard to get the fat to adhere to foods you want to grill, right? So as you grill, you're left with a very limited amount of oil to keep the food from sticking and the oil runs off and you get a flare up, right? Well, mayonnaise acts like time release and you can put it on thick and it sticks to the meat and the chicken and the fish and the oil heats and browns the food and mayonnaise is able to brown And you get what is the Maillard reaction. And I think that the mayonnaise helps retain the moisture so much so that the protein doesn't dry out. And it's like a clean canvas too. You can add anything to mayonnaise. You could add chili paste or dried spices or fresh herbs. Oh, the list goes on and on. And I'll gladly share it with you. I've created a flavor combination for mayo and protein off the grill to make your summer superb. And it's the bonus this week. All you have to do is email me, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. Jamie at chefjamie.com will get you to me and I will send you my best mayo grilling tips. Now, with that said, I do wish you happy grilling with mayonnaise. And if you thought that was great conversation, stay tuned for the entire hour because world champion pit master Tuffy Stone is here and we're firing up the delicious conversation. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio back in a moment. Fire up the grill because we're creating smoke and sizzle today. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. And I haven't been excited about a radio interview like this in a long time. Tuffy Stone is a world record breaking champion pitmaster, a former Marine and a classically French trained chef. And who's better to learn barbecue from than him? Dubbed the professor, Tuffy's legendary precision and obsession with the science of smoke make him one of the most influential people in barbecue. I'm telling you, this name, Tuffy Stone, you will be hearing more and more about. This is the new barbecue guru. His barbecue team, called Cool Smoke, has won 
hundreds of trophies, including more than 40 grand championships and five world grand championships. Cool Smoke is the only team in history to have won the prestigious Jack Daniels Barbecue World Championship back to back and the only team to have won it three times. Creating that perfect bite of tender, spicy, smoky barbecue is a science and an art, and he is sharing his secrets in his first cookbook entitled Cool Smoke. Tuffy Stone is here to help you master barbecue, and I am so grateful to have him on the show because I am a girl at the grill, and so I welcome you, Tuffy. Hi there. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, oh, grateful that you're here. Uh, Let's kick off the conversation uh, with some background on your culinary roots, please, because we don't often find a a world record pit master with a classically trained French background. No, No. there are... (laughs) Not that many of us, so I'm a little unusual in the barbecue world. Yeah, but but I love that about you, and I love that you're progressive, that you're using ingredients that have not as much been associated with barbecue in the past. You have fennel, fennel pollen in a dry rub. Uh, you've got dried cherries in a barbecue sauce infusing flavor. Um, one of your uh, spice rubs I can't wait to make, which we'll talk about coming up, is uh, a based with turbinado sugar. You're out there, and I love that. <laughs> yes, I know I'm out there. You know, here was the thing, Jamie, it was like, you know, first of all, I didn't know I was going to be a chef in this way. You know, I was going to college, and I really liked to cook a lot. And I had a roommate who was in graduate school, and I was in undergrad school. And we had a pretty decent cookbook collection. And, we, you know, my grandmother had given me some sourdough starter, and I was baking sourdough bread three days a week. Nice. And I was working in the front of the house in restaurants to have spending money to go to school. And, and one day it occurred to me, it was like, you know, I like to cook. Why am I, why am I working in the dining room? Why don't I try and set up an arrangement where I could, like, work under a really good chef while I'm going to college and, um, and, and learn? You know, I thought about it maybe just strictly as a, a, a domestic skill set. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really think at that point that I wanted to be a chef. And so, anyway, I researched all the chefs in, in Richmond where I was going to college. And at the top of this list, list was a French guy, Alain Vincey, who had a little small 55-seat restaurant called La Maisonette. And anyways, I put together a resume and dressed up nicely and, and <laughs> went and met with Chef Alain to explain what my goals were. And I went in that kitchen, Jamie, and it was just, it was immaculate, it was impeccable. They were in their chef jackets with their, their toques, and there was just two of them. And anyways, uh, you know, Stock simmering, playing whole fish. It was really a beautiful setting. And uh, he said he'd call me, but I got the impression that he wouldn't. And and I left there that night, and I stayed up all night thinking about what I could do to get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a strategy, and the next morning I knocked on the kitchen door, and I told the chef that I would give him Wednesdays and Saturdays from 8 to noon to, uh, to work in his kitchen, and I would do whatever he wanted. I would... Uh, wash his dishes, clean lettuce, whatever. And that got my foot in the door. Good so for you. So fast forward um, 12 years later, um, eventually I met my wife. We opened up a high-end catering company. And as we grew that company, uh, I found myself managing the business and not cooking anymore, which was my passion. And uh, and so I said, I'm going to get a barbecue pit. So I got a barbecue pit. I got a load of hickory. I got some pork butts, 
and I made a rub. I lit the fire, seasoned these butts, put the butts on the on this pit, and ruined a great big old load of meat. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was so oh, I could I, I you don't have enough time on this segment to talk about all of the things that happened to me as a cook and as a chef, and how much I fell in love with cooking with fire, mm. but. But I really went off the barbecue deep end, is the way I like to say it. Yes. And so for the last 14 years, I've just been so hyper-focused on learning how to cook with, with fire and, and, and take tough cuts of meat and coke something great out of them. And, oh, and you've mastered so the, it. You know, I, 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 I've got, I still learn all the time, which I love, actually. Uh, actually, I'm working on something this week that's a new endeavor where I'm hanging chickens from fire. So I'm always learning, and you know as a chef, we're always learning. Yes. But I've gotten pretty good at it. And so going back to your point on the ingredients and the things that I did with this book, and, and honestly speaking, I'm a little worried. You know, I'm so happy that you love these items because, you know, and they're not typical they're not typically found in a lot of barbecue, uh, classic barbecue rubs. And, and, and I was a little worried about that. But when I got with my publisher, St. Martin's Press, and, and I went from wanting to do a book, uh, wanting to do a book to all of a sudden, all right, I'm doing a book. <laughs> As I got to thinking about it, I was like, all right, if I just do all the classics that have been done in barbecue with ribs and brisket and, and, and all these, you know, first of all, there, there won't be enough recipes to fill a book. Second of all, so many of my great friends have already done a wonderful job with this. Tuffy, I think it has this wonderful, and to go back to both yours and my French roots, it has a je ne sais quoi. It has a, I can't put my finger on it, but there's this beautiful finesse to it. And it rounds a spice blends out to me and it's a beautiful finishing uh, seasoning of sorts and there's something lovely about it and to me it's such a contrast to big bold saucy smoky barbecue that I found it fascinating to see you incorporating those ingredients that you love to really make what is progressive barbecue well, I'm so glad that, that, you know, that you feel that way. And, and I must say, I, so I've got one of my chefs here at my catering company, uh, Danielle Goodrow, who's so amazingly talented. We had opened a restaurant that unfortunately didn't make it. She was the chef. And she was so wonderfully talented, and I felt so bad that we were going to close this restaurant. I said to Danielle, I said, Danielle, I said, I don't really have anything right now, but I'm working on this book, and if you want to come and, and help do this with me. Uh, I would, I would, I'd like to do it with you. And so, so Danielle said, sure. And so, uh, mm-hmm. it was so much fun to do this because Danielle, uh, and I could riff on food. I, you know, when yes. it came to cooking fire and things like that, that was, uh, that, I had all the experience with that, but we got to play with making seasoning blends and sauces and recipes. And, and, and you know, being a chef, sometimes the hardest part just be the conceptualizing part of it and then you get in the kitchen with an idea and you start making it okay Tuffy if you'd pause there we're taking a quick break more with the legendary pit master Tuffy Stone right after this
we're back and we're dishing fire up the grill because barbecue champion Tuffy Stone is here and the delicious conversation continues. The experimentation and cooking to your own palate, I think, makes the best cook or chef. And that applies uh, in pitmaster work, as you've just presented as well. Okay, let's talk barbecue. Because yes, I'm, I'm not letting you off the radio until you give us some secrets. <laughs> all right? Okay. So your expertise is smoke. Let's start there. I'd like to talk yeah. smoke management. Because okay. I learned the Texas crutch method when I read your book, page after page, front to back. And I'm learn I'm trying to learn smoke myself, but I love that, that you shared a crutch. So I really failed miserably in, in my initial attempts at making barbecue. And, and, and there was probably two things, and, it, and it's probably true with most people that cook barbecue outdoors for the very first time. There's two things that I think are pretty consistent that we all do wrong, myself included. One was, and, and this is true with all foods. Uh, the best foods, uh, one of the qualities about all best foods is, that's universal is going to be foods that are cooked to the perfect doneness. Yes. And so barbecue, especially when you get the tough cuts like ribs and, and pork butts and, and brisket, um, getting that, that magical moment where the doneness is silky and gentle to chew but not overcooked, but nobody likes tough barbecue. So that, uh, getting that doneness down, most people undercook barbecue initially. But the other big mistake, and this goes back to what you're talking about, is smoke management. Mm-hmm. Most people oversmoke barbecue or things that are smoked in their initial attempt. Mm-hmm. So for me, I started to think about smoke as a seasoning. I want the smoke to be a complementary backdrop flavor to whatever it is that I'm cooking smaller, more delicate meats or, or vegetables or whatever we might cook, mm-hmm. they need less smoke than bigger denture cuts. But I like to treat smoke like salt and pepper. That's my easiest way to say it. Okay. So I run a clean fire. I try to speak to that in the book and how to achieve it. The Texas crutch is, is such a, a great technique for cooking lots of different foods. And so the idea is that we will cook these meats until they have that beautiful color that you're looking for, the smoke is at the level that you want. I, I, I specify this in the recipes that, that, that are in the book, but, but I, what I want is the reader or, or everybody to eventually be able to determine on your own when there's enough smoke right. and when do we pull out the Texas crutch. So the right. idea, we smoke it until it's got the right level of smoke, the beautiful color, then we wrap it in, in aluminum foil or butcher paper or something like that, return it to continue to cook the tender, but now we've shielded that protein or whatever it is we're cooking from the meat, keeping some moisture in, and now we can let the flavor of the meat, whether it be Shine pork, through. Meat, chicken, fish, be yes. the star. Yeah, and, and it's a control method. And I think so much of the way you and I were trained and the best chefs out there have precision and control. And it's about learning that and not haphazardly barbecuing. You just mentioned moisture. You say yeah. that the importance of moisture is paramount. And you are known for spraying meat while it cooks. So is it a just standard spray bottle? And what do we spray with? Because I think that's a really great place for even, you know, the novice barbecuer to start. Put a spray bottle, says Tuffy Stone, out by the barbecue. 
and spray your meat and see the difference that it makes in the, you know, in the uh, brisket that you've been making up until now and the brisket you're about to uh, master. Well, absolutely. And, and, and first of all, and, and you can relate to this being a chef, Jamie, uh, to, to everybody listening, trust, trust your instincts. Yes. Use your eyes. Use your ears. Uh, use your nose. Use your, your taste. Use your, your touch of feel. Trust your instincts. So, um, so one of the cookers uh, that I like to cook on a lot is a, uh, a Texas offset pit. And so it's a, there's a lot of convection that goes through that, and it's a drier source of heat. If you're looking at your meat and you're cooking on something different and it looks all juicy and moist and wet, you may not need to spray at the same intervals that I do. So trust your instincts. But to, I learned this lesson. I was at a barbecue contest in Kansas City. Hmm. It was raining. Hmm. Um, I cooked. Uh, I was cooking at a contest. I got my first ever perfect score uh, with a, a max score. Uh, it's a 180 points uh, in pork that day. And I actually, uh, I felt a little foolish, honestly speaking, because I'm so attentive and so focused as, as a cook always. If, if there's one strength that I think I have as a, as a, as a cook is the ability to pay attention. And so, anyways, I kept my my first perfect score, and my pork was so beautiful that day, but it was raining so much. And all of a sudden, it was like this light bulb went off for me. Um. And I was like, duh, it, your meat's always better when it rains. And, 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 and I felt <laughs> foolish because I hadn't picked up on that already. But what I did at that point, Jamie, is I decided, all right, I'm going to figure out how to make it rain all the time. So, so because he, especially on long cooked meat, yes, you know, you and I, we both know what it's like to braise dishes and and braise uh, big tough cuts of meat and yeah. the wonderful things that we can get through that process. Constant well, moisture. That's right. That's right. And and so what I do is I watch the meat and and mo- on this offset, for the most part, usually I will put these meats that are seasoned on the cooker for about one hour. And after that, I'll look at the meat, and it'll start to get a little crispiness to it, start to be developing a little bit of bark. My go-to spray is a high-quality apple juice. I have a good sprayer that'll mist. I don't want to have a stream. No. Uh, I don't want to do anything to, to disrupt the, the rub or the seasoning. I just want to hydrate it and, and mist it. But I'll, and, and I put some recipes in this book with some, uh, some other types of sprays as well. But my go-to... Uh, what I use on the circuit is, is apple juice. Mm-hmm. I like pineapple juice on chicken. Mm. Sometimes I'll just mix with water. But mm. I, if there's one, I'm going to go back to what I said to, to the listeners. Watch your product. Right. If your meats are, if you're cooking on a pellet cooker or some type of uh, outdoor cooker that doesn't need to spray as much, that's okay. But if it's starting to crisp up on you and starting to dry, but it's still tough, just missed it occasionally. Yeah, that's where the moisture comes in. You mentioned not disturbing the rub. You have some really fabulous rubs <laughs> that you pulled out of your back pocket and, and shared generously in this book. By the way, if you've just tuned in, you're late. 
because the professor is here. He is Tuffy Stone, the world record-breaking champion pitmaster whose first cookbook has released to extraordinary acclaim. This is the new barbecue guru you want to learn from. And so we are mastering barbecue for this summer and summers to come for years and years and years. Talk about the turbinado sugar in your cool smoke rub, please, because this is not a fine powdery, uh, you know, evenly coat kind of rub, in my opinion, if you've got texture like that. Well, sure. And, and first of all, let me just tell you, I'm so happy that this is radio because you keep making me blush. Oh, well, um, that's okay because I keep <laughs> slobbering on the microphone and you can't see that either. <laughs> but so, you know, actually, you bring up an interesting thing as a whole uh, when it comes to a lot of these rubs, and that's the texture. Um, I, you know, like if I use celery seed, I left it whole. Um, when I was cracking black pepper or pink peppercorns, I was not doing it too fine because I wanted, I wanted a little crunch. I mm-hmm. wanted some of these textural experiences. Uh, I thought it made for a nice mouthfeel. And so with turbinado sugar, you know, from a flavor standpoint, it just had more depth and more character than just say a, a granulated white sugar would have, and 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 the texture of that turbinado sugar, and then the kosher salt. Again, there's some texture there. Um, I mm. just, um, I, for me, good food. You know, doneness is important, and 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 flavor is important. But but this whole mouthfeel, the whole, you know, I I like we any place whenever and on all these rubs. If there was any kind of uh, seasoning, you know, we were starting with cumin seeds whole or coriander seeds whole. I found it really interesting with coriander, uh, the difference between when I would lightly toast them or, or just use them untoasted. And they're both very good, but they were, there were unique differences between the two. But, but the, the turbinado sugar in the Cool Smoke Rub, and I will say the Cool Smoke Rub, uh, is a very typical rub that you might find in like Kansas City, and uh, and and this was something I had to learn the hard way as a chef in competition barbecue. Because when I first got into barbecue, Jamie, I would say, you know, I think white truffle salt will be good on brisket, and I think a, a little light brush of demi gloss <laughs> would be so good on slices of brisket. Both of which are, but I did not find myself being successful in competition barbecue. Oh, Tuffy, you're making me hungry, but I'm not letting you go yet. There is more great grilling in your radio right after this. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The grill master extraordinaire is here, Tuffy Stone, and we're dishing on grand grilling. Can we make white sauce, please, Tuffy? Because you are a true Southern gentleman. Uh, Chris Lilly is one of your best barbecue friends, and you use Duke's mayonnaise. So I, I was destined to like you. Well, you know, uh, Duke's uh, mayonnaise is near and dear to my heart yes. and, and everybody here in Richmond, Virginia. Yes. Um, and, and I want 
you know, there, there, I could have really brought out the French chef in me, and I could have said, all right, we're going we're gonna to make this mayonnaise from scratch. But I wanted to do a book that was going to be uh, practical mm-hmm. uh, for, for everyday life because we're just so busy. That's why there's so many grilled recipes in the book besides, uh, besides just um, – uh, low and slow dishes. Yes, and and so Duke's. I wanted to. I, I had to create a recipe with with these sauces, and I had to specify at least the mayonnaise that I was using because um, because I wanted that my results to be the same as the readers, and and so it's funny about the white sauce and 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 Chris Li- uh, Chris Lilly and Big Bob Gibson. Yeah, uh, this hmm. Alabama white sauce. Yep. is is so well known, and they certainly put it on the map but i had not really messed around with it much jamie and as i was developing recipes and trying to come up with enough recipes for a book i was like all right i'm gonna make a white sauce so the first white sauce i made was a celery seed white sauce Mm -hmm. i left the celery seeds in at home i'm a big fan of celery seed so if you don't like celery seed either omit or cut it back but um but this white sauce, I fell so in love with it that I ended up creating two more white sauces. I did a tarragon Aleppo yes. white sauce, and I, I did saw a that. chipotle white sauce. Mm. But if anybody out there listening has never had a white sauce before, put it on put it on chicken wings. Yes. Take chicken wings and then put this sauce on there and oh. then put it to the grill. It'll go from this white color that's kind of opaque to all of a sudden translucent and glassy. It's tangy. It's so refreshing. Oh. And, and you could put it on a rock and it would be good. Oh, you could put it on your elbow and it would taste good. It's true. And I, because of Chris, learned to yeah. make white sauce. And then I found myself finding the, the largest bowl or vat I could in my kitchen, dipping whole chickens. And I mean, everything I could think of, I wanted to smother in white sauce because there is there's something genius about it and I, I do love and appreciate that you made it your own in true southern style you end this glorious first cookbook of yours with I know many more to come with a recipe for chocolate whiskey balls I know it's not the holiday season I'm letting you know I'm making them anyway and that's all right with me um, but before I let you go um, we need to uh, take a moment and celebrate you uh, with a round of applause, and you should take a bow, because I know just days ago, uh, the news was officially released that you are rightfully being honored and inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and that is an extraordinary accomplishment, so congratulations to you. Well, thank you so much. That it's, is uh, something. I don't know if that'll ever speak to you. <laughs> I, I imagine so. So many modest goals when I first started doing this. It was just to reconnect with cooking and, and, mm. and hear, to hear you say that out loud. Just, wow. Uh, Con- congratulations to you and well-deserved. Um, I will say, as I mentioned at the beginning, at the start of our conversation, I read a lot of cookbooks, but I read page after page, start to finish of Cool Smoke, and I felt motivated more than ever to master my barbecue skills. And if you've... In, incited that and enlivened barbecue lovers across the country by sharing your secrets, then you have done tremendous culinary justice and you should be very proud. I am hereby proclaiming you the new grilling guru 
And I know, Tuffy, we are going to see your name everywhere beyond where it has already been. So congrats to you on what is really a brilliant book. And thank you for gracing us with so much time and knowledge and and for sharing your secrets. It really is... um, it really is my honor. Thank you. You're so kind. Thank you so much for, for having me. And, and, and I, I thank you. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of truly smoking conversation. Very big thanks to Tuffy Stone for sharing all of his genius. You are now an official grill master just for tuning in. I'll leave you with my last bite, my last answer tidbit of gastronomic pleasure for the weekend. You are grilling your coleslaw, right? I made a mention of it at the start of the show, and I am already getting messages via Instagram for the recipe. So I'm making it my last bite this week. Grilled coleslaw makes every hot dog better. Yes, you actually take cabbage wedges and you brush them with oil and season them with salt and pepper and you grill them over high heat just a couple of minutes per side until they're charred. And then you transfer the cabbage to a work surface or a cutting board and you finely slice it or shred it. You make a simple coleslaw dressing, right, with uh, mayonnaise. There's my love for mayonnaise again. Cider vinegar and a few other aromatic spices and seasonings, and you have grilled coleslaw to wow your family and friends with. I'll post the recipe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. You'll find lots more inspiration at chefjamie.com, and you can give back to COVID relief by downloading my new all-digital lean and clean cookbook, 100% of the proceeds do go to COVID relief, and you'll find that at chefjamie.kitchen. Until next weekend, I'll see you on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Keep cooking, stay healthy and safe. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. I thank you for listening, and I hope you continue to eat well. 